Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. All right, welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast. I am your host, Michael Boldea. And uh, as always, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for contributing with your questions. Uh, from the jump, I don't know if we're going to have time to get into your questions today because uh, let's just say uh, we're packing heat, kids. We're packing heat. Uh, well, uh, as has become customary, uh, whenever we do record the program, I have a tendency of letting you know just so that you would uh, be able to contextualize the timeline. So, yes, this is a recording. Uh, It is not being recorded the day of air, but it's very, very close to it. So it's uh, the day before it's supposed to air. We're recording this because tomorrow uh, is a hectic day in the Boldia household, and uh, I would not want to deprive you of these 60 minutes with yours truly. Uh, before we get into what promises to be a very interesting uh, episode, um, I, I was supposed to meet somebody today uh, earlier in the morning, and he was running late, uh, and I was about 40 minutes away, so I decided that uh, it would be a good time to get a bite to eat. Now, since he was going to be about an hour, uh, the whole... Uh, gas station grilled cheese was out because that only takes a minute and a half to eat. So uh, I decided to splurge. I decided to go all out. I decided to act like an American that was getting a stimulus check from uh, the man with the pudding in his diapers. So uh, I went to the Garden of Olives. Uh, I know. That's how I roll. That's all I'm going to say. That's how I roll. Uh, and um, I, I noticed something. And I, I maybe it was just me. Maybe it was just the 11 a.m. crowd that was a little uh, on edge. But uh, I walked in. I sat down, uh, ordered the soup and salad combo. I know. I'm not even watching my weight, but it's just good. And she goes, what kind of dressing would you like? I'm like, what do you mean what kind of dressing? The, the dressing that you've always had. Apparently, uh, the Garden of Olives has not bastardized Italian food enough, so they decided to add uh, ranch dressing to their uh, menu. So apparently the Olive Garden dressing wasn't good enough. It wasn't fatty enough. There, it, it didn't leave a snail trail of, uh, you know, just unearthly chemicals down your throat. So uh, they, now they have ranch, too. I, it's been a while since I've been to the Garden of Olives. So, uh, you know, it's, I, I don't know how long ago this happened, but, yeah, now they have ranch. So, uh, you know, I told her I, I'd like the, the, the original, you know, that's good enough for me. Uh, but it was the first time in a long time I got to sit down uh, in a restaurant setting without my kids. Usually if we go out, it's, it's all four of us and we're playing uh, I Spy with My Little Eye or we're doing tic-tac-toe or something. Uh, kids need to be kept busy. 
Uh, this was the first time in a long time I actually went and sat and ate by myself, and I was able to overhear conversations from other tables with the waiter. And like I said, maybe I just caught the wrong crowd. But man, people are mean. I mean, I'm listening to this lady who was, you know, let's face it, a breadstick away from a heart attack. And uh, she, she's treating the waitress as though she was the lowliest person. It's like, serve me well. And if you do, I shall reward thy fealty, you serve. Like, just, just be nice. Does it hurt being nice? Why aren't people nice anymore? Another guy was, was, was just going on and on about his pasta not being al dente enough. Well, it's the Olive Garden. As long as you don't find rat droppings in your, you know, what is it, the, the red sauce, in your marinara, as long as you're not finding rat droppings in your marinara, take the win. Take the win and be done with it. But, I just noticed that. I mean, three tables around me, all of them just just being obnoxious to the server, just mean for no reason, just mean-spirited. So uh, there's a person that listens to this program that for some reason, I don't know, I, I, I'm not going to name her because she asked not to be named, but she sends in a check uh, once in a while. So uh, just know that today uh, your check went to, to make a waitress very happy who was having a very miserable morning. Uh, so God bless you. You done did good this morning. Uh, but yes, I made it. We're in studio. We're recording. And there's a, there's a lot we need to get to, but just off the jump from the start. I need to clarify something because I don't want to be called a liar somewhere down the road. So, just so we're clear, all cards on the table, I never said I'd never try to sell you nuts. I just said I wouldn't try to sell you peanuts, okay? Because I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm holding out for the fancy nut endorsement. I'm not even talking like hazelnuts or pistachios. I'm talking top shelf grade A nuts. So, if the macadamia nut people come a calling, or the pine nut folk, I, I, I may even be convinced to hawk almonds. But almonds is as low as I'll go on the nut ladder, okay? So, you know, listen to this voice. They're healthy and nutritious. And oh my, so delicious. The next best thing to milk and honey, I say. So, if uh, the pine nut folk or the macadamia nut folk want to give me a jingle, you know what? I'm just, God bless you. I kid, of course. Uh, I guess everybody's got to hawk something. So it uh, might as well be premium nuts. Uh, and just because I know where the program's headed today, or at least I have a general idea, I, I, I wanted to get the levity out of the way first. Uh, I, I thought I'd give you the levity up front. Uh, because uh, the rest of the program is is just I it some of it made me angry. It might make you angry. I don't know, but it's not it's not going to end on a bright note. Let's put it that way. Uh, so first thing out of the gate is this article uh, that I ran across. 
and it, it just it it infuriated me. It made me angry, uh, disgusted perhaps, just a smidge, but mostly angry. Uh, apparently, the pro-life evangelicals for Biden uh, are now angry that he is doing exactly what he said he was going to do. I know. Surprising, isn't it? That somebody is actually following through and keeping their word and doing exactly what they, they, they said they would do in the first place. Listen to this. So, apparently there was such a thing. Some group that calls itself pro-life evangelicals for Biden. Um, they're, they're saying they're upset after Joe Biden kept his most extreme and radical abortion promises. And they wrote an open letter that they published this past Sunday. And they said, we are very disappointed about the COVID-19 relief package's exclusion of the Hyde Amendment. Oh, are you? A long-standing bipartisan policy that preserves taxpayer funding for abortion, or prevents, rather. Uh, yeah, that's out. So uh, guess what? If you pay taxes, you're kicking in a nickel or two to the murder of babies. Uh, as pro-life leaders in the evangelical community, we publicly supported President Biden's candidacy with the understanding that there would be engagement with us on the issue of abortion and particularly the, the Hyde Amendment. We feel used and betrayed. Well, no kidding, stupid. You feel used and betrayed? Look, let me tell you a story. When, when I was a naive young teenager, or almost teenager, I think I was like 12 and a half, a neighbor who was moving asked if I wanted a rusty set of lawn darts. Because, you know, if I didn't want them, he was going to throw them away. So, hey, you know, let's, let's save him a trip to the garbage bin. I said, sure. Boy, did I ever want a set of lawn darts. So, you know, not much to do around our parts back then. Uh, so lawn darts seemed like endless fun. Uh, as fun as they may have been as a single-person game, you know, talking somebody else into playing with you just doubled the fun instantly. So uh, I talked my brother Serge into playing with me. And we each got three darts and went about 10 feet apart. And we started throwing them at each other. Now, if you moved or if you flinched, then you lost. It was, I, I know, it just genius in its simplicity. So you see a giant lawn dart flying towards you, and if you move, you're the loser. Now, granted, you may be a loser and still have both eyes, but that's another story for another time. So with each throw, you know, I got better and bolder, and by the time my third throw came around, I, I, I warned my brother Serge very explicitly that if he didn't move, I was going to throw a dart at his foot. Now, he heard me say this. I threw my dart, he didn't move, and I hit him right in his bare foot. Now, the reason I tell you 
this particular story, even though I'm not very proud for having caused my brother pain, is that his reaction was akin to the reaction of, of, of this, this, this group of pro-life evangelicals for Biden. I wonder if Beth Moore is a member. I'm just throwing it out there. I wonder if Beth Moore is a member of the pro-life evangelicals for Biden. Sort of like, you know, vegetarians for the raw eating of animal flesh. Um, My brother started screaming at me, you threw a dart into my foot, and he was hobbling on one leg, and he threatened to tell my mom I had to buy him a, what was it that I bought him? It was one of those, they're so dumb, it was one of those uh, candy rings, you know, you can put it on your finger and it, it looks like a giant diamond, but it's made out of candy. I had to shell out 30 cents for one of those or he was going to tell my mom. But anyway, back to the point of the story. As he was screaming and accusing me of doing something I told him I would do, my first reaction is, I told you I'd do it, didn't I? Joe Biden told you what he was going to do if he became president. So stop feigning outrage. You knew exactly what you were voting for. And now you have blood dripping from your fingers. And one day, likely sooner than later, you will have to explain yourself to God. Every single member of the pro-life evangelicals for Biden, including Beth Moore if she's a member, you will have to explain yourself to God. That's it. That is it. Nothing that I say about you or to you could possibly be worse than having to face justice when you stand before God. Because as, as, as I was reading this, this article of supposed evangelicals, for Joe Biden and his murderous rampage, the only thing I could think about is I, I hope I don't get a sense of satisfaction when I see the hounds of hell dragging you into the deep. But I'm not even going to go there. Like I said, nothing I say about you or to you could possibly be worse than having to face justice when you stand before God. Now, another thing I wanted to cover, and this is going to be fun, because, uh, look, I'm I'm done with the touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm, all right? I'm tapping out, because there's still people using that as an excuse for giving false prophecy. So... What I thought would be a very good idea, as far as today's program is concerned, is to delve into the Word of God just a smidge, just a little bit, you know, because in the end it has the the final authority. It has the final say, so might as well see what it has to say. And come to some sort of conclusion, understanding, enlightenment, if you will, 
regarding modern-day prophets, their inability to prophesy rightly, and, and people still defending them with the one scripture in the entire Bible. Yes, I know, it's also in Psalms. So it's in Chronicles and in Psalms, but it's the same verse. So they take that one verse, boom, that's it. Do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. And that's all they repeat over and over again. However, uh, the Bible, this book which you seem to be so knowledgeable about, also speaks volumes. In regards to false prophets, false prophecy, how false prophets should be treated, and the such. So, we're going to get into this because, you know what, I've, I've heard it one too many times. Do not touch my anointed ones. Well, let's get into it then. Shall we? Like I said, that's the entirety of the scripture that gets thrown out every time a so-called prophet is challenged or, or, or it's pointed out that their so-called prophecies didn't come to pass. Don't do it. Don't touch my anointed ones. I, I'm not touching anybody. I'm just pointing out that they said something was going to happen on a certain date and it didn't happen. Now, like I said, even before we get into the whole idea that questioning something is not tantamount to either touching or harming somebody, this verse begins with the presupposition that the individual in question is both God's anointed and God's prophet. The presupposition of this verse and God warning somebody not, not to touch his anointed and not to do his prophets any harm is, is that the individual in question is either anointed of God or God's prophet or both. Now, the charlatans have gotten a lot of cover from this one verse, like I said, repeated twice in the whole New, Old Testament. Because it's, it's their go-to covering every time they let, they, they let themselves get, in, get over their skis. Every time they, they prophesy, and yes, I'm making the air quotes right now. If you, I wish you could see my fingers. Every time they prophesy, and it doesn't come to pass. Now, please, allow me to posit, postulate, or advance a theory, if you will. If you prophesied that something would occur on a given date and that date passed without what you prophesied having come to fruition, then by the biblical definition, you are what is commonly referred to as a false prophet. Henceforth and therefore... Even if I touched you, and even if I harmed you, it would not be going against the word of God because you're neither anointed nor a prophet given what you prophesied didn't materialize. Simple enough? Yes? No? 
as the kids like to say, I ain't touching you, bro. I ain't touching. However, the Bible does speak extensively on the false prophets among us and what your position must be when you meet one, when you see one, when you hear of one. Because I will take your two verses in Psalms and Deuteronomy and I'll raise you a few dozen. Sorry, kitties, but if you get froggy, you get dissected. That's the house rules. Don't hate the player. So let's begin. Old Testament. That's right. We're going old school. Back to the Old Testament. Uh, because it lays the foundation as far as differentiating between a true prophet and a false prophet. Because we need, we need to understand this above all else. And excuse me while I sip my delicious beverage. Beverage. See, I can say beverage. Not all who say, thus says the Lord, have heard from the Lord. Full stop. Not all who say, thus says the Lord, have heard from the Lord. I know, I know, do not speak against my prophets, but they're not his prophets. That's the whole point, isn't it? If someone spoke on behalf of the Lord, but it was not the Lord speaking through them, then by definition they are not prophets. So Deuteronomy 18, we all know this as the definitive declaration regarding prophets and prophecy, at least as far as the Old Testament was concerned. Could you imagine the slaughter we'd see if we were held to the same standards today? Huh? Huh? Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So uh, Deuteronomy 18. Uh, I I have it pulled up because I'm actually going to read it. Beginning with verse 15 says, Thusly, that's right, I'm going King James. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst. And this is Moses talking. From your brethren, him you shall hear, according to all you desired of the Lord your God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, nor let me see this great fire any more, lest I die. So if you don't understand or know the context, uh, the people got a little spooked upon hearing uh, the voice of God himself and seeing the pillar of fire. And so they go, ah, we'd we'd like a go-between. Can can you please make it a little less scary? And Moses is relaying this, and he says, And the Lord said to me, What they have spoken is good. I will raise up from them a prophet like you from among their brethren, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command. And it shall come, and it shall be that whoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. He's not going to get a strong talking to He's not going to get a slap on the wrist. He's not going to get a mulligan. 
that prophet shall die. If you say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. Clear enough? If you say something and that something doesn't happen, then you know the answer of whether the individual is a false prophet or a true prophet. If they give you a timeline, if they say this is going to happen on this date, and there's nothing, well, then you know that the prophet has spoken it presumptuously. And you shall not be afraid of him. Pretty straightforward, I would say. Now, we can do a deep dive on this passage and get a lot out of it, but for the purposes of this conversation, the big takeaway is this. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing that the Lord has not spoken. That individual, whoever it may be, however respected he might be in Christendom, he has spoken presumptuously. And you shouldn't be afraid of him. Look, we, we've been dragging a dead cat around for what? Coming on three months now. We've been telling everybody that this dead cat is coming back to life and Ichabodding anyone who dares point out that the cat's rotted and you're just holding on to a shedding tail. Sorry, lady with the pink hair, you doth speaketh presumptuously. Therefore, I'm not afraid of you. Not that I was to begin with, but you get the point, I hope. Look, look. Let's let's brass tax this thing, okay? Anyone who attempts to lord over you, have authority over you, demand something of you, by using the title of prophet or apostle, is highly skeptical to begin with. I'm sorry, I don't. I that's my 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 spidey senses go off. I am a prophet of the Lord. Givest thou thine shekels to me, for I have need of them. Really? Show me precedent, biblically speaking. Where the first thing that a prophet of the Lord, and yes, I'm I'm air quoting. The first thought on his mind were, were separating you from your shekels. Look, granted, okay, the pink hair dye and plastic surgery are expensive. But there's also the option of aging gracefully, I guess. You know what? You're not 30 anymore, sweetheart. That's just the shakes. You can only cake on so much foundation. A raisin's a raisin. Lean into it. No makeup. No hair dye. Just grizzled, wrinkled, and gray. You know what? It may actually... 
make you look more prophetic. It might give you some gravitas. Gray hair, wrinkles, furrowed brow, shaky, outstretched hand. Because, you know, now that Beth Moore is leaving the Southern Baptist Convention, the lonely cat ladies are looking for a new leader. Step into the role. Stop buying the hair dye. You're not fooling anybody. You can't pass for 40 when you're 80. I'm just saying. Anyway, not that I'm picking on anyone in particular. For some unexplained reason, all of these uh, so-called uh, apostolesses, these, these gifted women of the Lord, these prophetesses, they seem very vain. I, if, if, if the entirety of your life could be summed up into one sentence, or that sentence would be servant of the Most High God. Uh, as they would say in French, Pourquoi are you so vain, milady? Pourquoi are you so vain? Because uh, people send me clips. I don't go looking for them, Lord knows. I don't have the tolerance. I don't have the patience for the nonsense that they spew. But people send me clips, and when I see a prophetess of the Lord, looking like, you know, she, she just spent 10 grand to get details so she could pass for a younger age, I don't know, you know? Maybe you could have spent the 10 grand on something more, you know, charitable, long-lasting. Go dig a well in Africa. Give some fresh water to the kids with the giant bellies. Maybe some fly swatters. You know how many fly swatters you could buy in China for 10 grand and then ship them over to Africa? But then I understand the photographers wouldn't have any pictures of kids with flies on them to take. So, eh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a two-edged sword. I get it. But, man, I see some of these prophetesses of the Lord. And I'm like, wow. There's Elijah just sitting there hoping to die covered in dust, running away from Jezebel and her dumb husband. And here you are spending 10,000 bucks on spray paint, fake nails, hair dye, Botox, fake lips. No wonder they never try to cry. Their tear ducts are probably down by their nose. Could you imagine? They've been nipped and tucked so much that they start crying out of their forehead. I'm just saying. I I know. Mike, you're such a misogynist. It, It has no, I'm not, honestly. If I come across as one, then you're just too sensitive, and I'm sorry. You're a Beth Moore fan. The foolishness has to end, okay? It does. Because even when they've been proven wrong, they're not stopping. They just full throttle straight on. Now, just just to be clear, okay? No one is advocating going Old Testament on these people. Sorry. I know some of you were looking forward to it. 
But no, no one's saying we should have a hunting party or, you know, if they're proven false, go get them. But if they've been proven to be false, then by definition they are false. And they should be called out for the falsehoods that they put forth. But how can you know that it was a falsehood? Because, senor, they said something was going to happen, then it didn't happen. It's demonstrable. There's no getting around it. There's no weaseling your way out of it. Wishing that they were right does not make them right. Nor does it make them less false. Again, same goes for the so-called prophets who saw Trump being marched out of the White House in handcuffs. You is a false prophet too, senor. So anyone who prophesied something within the last, I don't know, two, three, four, five years that would have come to pass by, oh, I don't know, let's say January 21st at the latest, and it didn't come to pass, that should give you a clue. I'm just saying, I know I'm not making any friends right now because people really want them to be, you know, true and honest and they want them to come to pass. Look, it's not a new phenomenon. Let's just, oh, why are we here? All right. Uh, history lesson, I guess. It's, it's not a new phenomenon. False prophets have existed ever since true prophets have existed. Ezekiel mentions them, Jeremiah mentions them, Isaiah mentions them. Then there was the case of what, uh, Micaiah versus the 400 false prophets in 1 Kings. And you know what? If I were to guess, I'd say the ratio still holds to this day. Maybe eh, 400-ish lying liars who never heard a word from the Lord for everyone who actually did. And you know what? Chances are, like Micaiah, the true prophets are neither beloved nor are they exalted. Because for the most part, what they prophesy are warnings. What they prophesy is impending judgment. We have an entire church, an entire generation, acting like the king of Israel. Well, there's this one guy, but I hate him. Because he doesn't prophesy good concerning me, but evil. So there's one guy that, you know, probably has it right, but I don't want to listen because I hate him. Look, I, I, I get it. I understand. Yes, the flesh would rather hear about rising phoenixes than judgment. And most church-going folk today are so terrified of what God will require of them that they pretend there are no true men of God anymore. And all that there is is the rising Phoenix crowd. You know, honestly, if I hear, what's the Lord being saying to you one more time, I'm going to scream. No, let's, let's be honest. He's still waiting on the church to follow the first step of his instruction. What do you mean? What's the Lord been saying? Repent. 
That's what the Lord's been saying. Well, no, we, we know about that, but what else? There's nothing else. That's it. Repent, repent, repent. Judgment is coming, repent. You didn't do the thing. You didn't do the first thing, the necessary thing. You didn't do the thing. Why are you expecting more? What, do you think God changed his mind on repentance? Is that it? But that's not upbeat, fun, or optimistic. But no, it's not. You know, what's the pink-haired lady saying? Trump will ride in on a magical unicorn shooting lasers from his eyes, leveling all of Washington, D.C. Then he'll be president for the next 60 years with her as vice president? Well, yay! Let's go with that. We'd, we'd rather listen to that crack addict chimp Paula White calling angels from Africa than to a sobering reminder that repentance is the catalyst required for restoration. You want to know where we really are? Really? I mean, no filter. This is the way it is. This is what's coming and nothing can stop it. If you're not ready to face that reality, then turn off now. Isaiah 30, give me a second. Isaiah 30, yes, verse 8. Now, go, write it before them on a tablet and note it on a scroll, that it may be for time to come, forever and ever that this is a rebellious people. Lying children, children who will not hear the law of the Lord, who say to the seers, do not see, and to the prophets, do not prophesy to us right things. Speak to us smooth things. Prophesy deceit. Get out of the way, turn aside from the path, cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Therefore, thus says the Holy One of Israel, because buys this word, and trust in oppression and perversity, and rely on them, Therefore, this iniquity shall be to you like a breach ready to fall, a bulge in a high wall whose breaking comes suddenly in an instant. And he shall break it like the breaking of the potter's vessel, which is broken in peace, and he, he, he shall not spare So there shall not be found among its fragments a shard to take fire from the hearth or to take water from the cistern. So I hope that clears things up. 
Now back to your regularly scheduled program. Because I do want to get into some scriptures specifically warning of false prophets and false teachers and false Christs. Because they're warnings to Christians, to believers, to, to, to the people of God, that not all that glitters is gold. And that you should be judicious about what you believe and who you believe. I know, I know. Ichabod, you have touched and harmed God's prophets. How? Other than my wife, I haven't touched anybody in forever. We're not allowed. It's a pandemic. Well, and my kids. I'd, never mind. Look, if I harmed somebody, you'd know it. Let's just put it that way. Look, although we can spend pretty much, I don't know, the rest of the hour in the Old Testament regarding prophecy, I I don't want to drag this out for another six or seven programs. I really don't. I could, but I'll leave it to the ubermenches of the prophetic landscape to do that. They, They can put it in the teaching series and charge you 90 bucks. What? But tell me I'm lying. You know I'm not, so stop. I know, oh, look at him. No, it's the truth. I don't begrudge anyone earning their daily bread. Like I said, I have different reasons for doing this other than getting you to log on and sign up and sign in and become a patron and support the truth and finance the vision and sow a seed and build the kingdom and I can go on, but you get it. So, Let's just leave it at that. I'm happy to help. I'm happy to give you the foundation upon which you can build your cash cow. Good times. So, we have, we have that one verse in Deuteronomy, and for most people the case is closed. Touch not my anointed, do my prophets no harm. But contextually speaking, these are just a handful of the warnings in the New Testament about false prophets. So, there's one passing instance of God saying, hey, you know, if it's a man of God, leave him alone. But then you have warnings from everyone, from from Peter to John to Christ to Paul, all dealing with, with this one issue, this one overarching problem that apparently was going on even in the days of Paul and Peter in the primary church. All these things were happening. John's warning. First John 1, what is it? First uh, John 4, 4, 1, I think. Do not believe every, but test the Spirit whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. What do we do with that verse? Do we just throw it out? Do we ignore it? Touch not my anointed. I'm not touching anybody. Christ's warning. Matthew seven fifteen. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. 
And you know what? The enemy is very fond of using the word of God to try and confuse and confound believers. When he went to Jesus, it was with the word, It is written, if you jump, the angels shall catch thee. Whenever this is the only go-to of somebody, I touch not my anointed. But are you? If you said something that didn't happen within the time frame you said it would, are you anointed? I don't know. Biblically speaking, definitely not. Just saying. Peter's warning. Second Peter 2. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, like pro-life evangelicals for Biden. Link, link. How dare you, Joe? I know you said you were going to do all these things, but we never thought you'd remember. Well, it's not really Joe. Joe's just wondering if it's pudding in his diaper. But the people pulling old Uncle Joe's strings know exactly what they're doing, and they told you what they were going to do, and they're just getting started. We've only just begun. How many more letters are you going to write, you wolves? How many more letters are you going to write? Hey, Beth! Maybe you should try writing one of those letters. I hear you're an author. I hear you have a way with words. You can beguile middle-aged, lonely women. (laughs) So, Peter's warning. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. Paul's warning, Romans 16, I think it's 18. For those who are such do not serve our Lord but their own belly. And by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple. Need I say more? Are we beginning to see a pattern here? 2 Timothy 4.3, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust. Shall they heap to themselves teachers, having 
itching ears. I know, I know. Too much, too much. Stop. Okay, well, I, I think I've made my point. And it's not really my point. I just, I just can't sit by and watch innocent people being exploited anymore. Even if they are, as, as Paul puts it, simple. Look, this is not a new phenomenon, and that's another thing that we need to, to, to come to grips with. Rockstar living has always been appealing. And a lot of people with no discernible talent gravitated towards the spiritual because they knew that if they could use smooth words and if they could use flattering speech well, then they could deceive enough simple hearts wherein they could live comfortable lives and not have to toil. And that's the truth of it. So if you're still sending checks to the man o' God, even though the man o' God is thrice divorced and is in and out of rehab for alcohol abuse, well, I guess it's true. There is a sucker born every minute. What? Hurt your feelings? Well, put on your big boy pants or your big girl pants, and for a second, just for a second, Ask yourself if I'm right. Stop defending the indefensible. Stop going to bat for people who are demonstrable in their falsehood, who are demonstrable in their deception, because they're only going to dig their hole deeper. And if you... Follow after them. You'll only have a harder climb trying to claw your way out. Uh, more could be said, but I will refrain. I shall bite my tongue as an adult. Because uh, you know, I know most of you are already upset with me, so eh, it's neither here nor there. But Gino said that he may have questions i guess i can take one since we're almost out of time so gino if you're there if you've not fallen asleep or aren't having yourself some nice chicken nuggets uh feel free to shoot one across the bow all right no i'm enjoying the program and uh, one question uh that people are having uh about china and taiwan uh we know that china most likely will try to take back taiwan but the question is, uh, do we do we see uh, Biden as president as, as any kind of military leader that has the cognizance to handle enemies that God has warned us would be the enemies of America and one day would absolutely be part of the judgment on America? Uh, what was the thing I saw? They said that within six years, China might go against Taiwan. I, you know what? I, there's no way they're waiting six years. Uh, we, we've had this discussion before. Uh, weakness um, invites aggression. Uh, when 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 you see somebody that half the time doesn't know where they are and the other half the time doesn't know their name, 
as as the leader of the free world. Uh, if if you were going to take bets, you'd probably bet against him retaliating if the Chinese swallowed up Taiwan whole. So they know this. Look, our enemies are celebrating. Our enemies are exuberant. Our enemies are ecstatic. Uh, but hey, you know what? The pro-life evangelicals for Biden, they're starting to see the light. But like they say, day late, dollar short. Next question, Gene. All right. Uh, Kenneth Copeland declared in uh, April the wind of God would blow away coronavirus. He also maniacally <laughs> is caught on video laughing maniacally and uh, screaming out that uh, pretty much no way Biden would win. A lot of people have had an issue with Copeland. When someone makes you know, predictions like that, would that be considered false prophecy? Please see the previous hour. That's my answer. Go. Free see the yeah. pre- Kenneth Copeland. You know what? I, I hope the wind blows coronavirus right into Kenneth Copeland's house. Uh, stop. Look, you can't. You, okay, again, a nation that refuses to repent yet lives with the expectation of God's providence and protection is a nation that has lost its mind. You cannot have the expectation of God's blessing and providence while you spurn God at every turn, while you turn your back on him, while you spit in his face, and while you embrace every abhorrent thing that he despises. So for the Kenneth Copelands of the world who are seeing rising phoenixes, you know what? Kenneth Copeland's got a private jet. What do I know? I, I, I don't even have a bike. Kenneth Copeland's got a jet. So, you know what? There, hey, millionaires out there, rising phoenix time, send me your shekels. But I can't because you know, I still have a soul that I still fear God. And I still want to go to sleep without the aid of alcohol and uh, sleeping pills. So uh, I, I'll tell you the truth. Whether you like it or not, it's going to be the truth, and that'll be that. Uh, with that, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Gino, if you've got anything to say, the floor is yours for the next three minutes. All right. Thank you, Mike. And, uh, yeah, good answer. With, uh, the people do ask that. The people call, have called our ministry and asked about these things that Copeland's done. Matthew 24, 10. Uh, many will be offended and betray one another and hate one another. And I find it interesting that the people that would support Biden, evangelicals, and I happen to Facebook the head evangelical leader for Biden's campaign, challenging him that how could he ever support someone that's not only pro-choice, but is emphatically pro-abortion. And, uh, and, and, and you know, and I told him I, there's no way that you can do that without betraying the faith. And then I and I talked to Mike this morning, and he brought up this thing with these folks that now feel Biden is, uh, uh, you know, saying what he doing what he said he would do, which shouldn't shock these Christians that have betrayed the faith. And you know, not only that, what's coming down the road, we've got an Equality Act that they're trying to basically implement that will be. 
pers- uh, avenue of persecution against the church, where that gay rights and gay, uh, you know, laws that favor gays and all that, uh, the, the, this Equality Act is going to try to shut or stifle opposition to the gays that would try to get the baker to make the cake for the gay wedding and all these other things and, and try to stifle church when it comes to standing up for traditional marriage and, and biblical marriage. So please oppose with everything you've got in you, get a hold of your senators and leaders and let them know on every level to oppose the Equality Act that they're going to be voting on in a few days. And I would urge you to actually ask them to oppose the uh, H.R. 1 bill on uh, the election laws. Uh, That's another very dangerous piece of legislation. So, you know, and and Mike clearly laid it out about false prophecies dangerous because it, it misleads people, gives them false hope, and then it, absolutely become harder for the true prophets of God. They're under more persecution and, 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 you know, greater scrutiny because people don't like what they say, but it's time to say what God wants said and not worry about what people think. I don't see any true prophet of God worrying about what people thought about what God said, because God wants his people to obey what we're told through true prophetic warnings and utterances. So either way, thank you so much today for uh, listening to the Light of Truth broadcast. God bless you, and uh, we will have the show up on YouTube uh, by tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you. They are